episode 118 of the hop nation usa podcast and we're here live to laptop on location at nx brewing down in the heart of homestead i'm joined by my co-host adam absolutely and our guest co-host dennis what up bugaboos and we're also joined by nx's brewer paul and glad to have you yeah so we're uh, like I said, we're here down in the heart of Homestead, and we're gonna spend a little time with Paul. We're gonna learn some beers, and we're gonna have him introduce the first beer of the evening. Uh, so this beer here we have in front of us is the Club Lanes Kolsch. So a Kolsch is a it's a German style. Uh, it's typically described as a hybrid beer because it lives somewhere in the world between an ale and a lager. Uh, it is. Uh, very much a recipe similar to having a, a Pilsner or a, a light German lager, Pilsner malt, uh, German hops. Uh, one of the biggest differences, though, is that instead of using lager yeast, which would ferment at a cooler temperature for a longer span of time, this uses this hybrid Kolsch yeast, which is a blend of the two, and allows us to turn the beer over a little bit quicker while still having these crisp uh, German mm. flavors. So this is easily the most popular beer uh, we have in our arsenal. Uh, it's a beer that's just a beer for everyone and is named after the bowling alley uh, upstairs, the Club Lanes, a bowling that's been around since about the 1940s. And we will wow. most certainly get into that conversation yeah. a little bit later. <laughs> yes. I'm oh, excited. Sure. <laughs> just out of curiosity, what kind of numbers are we talking about here in terms of ABV, IBU, things like that? This is about a 5.5% beer. So easily a, the kind of beer you can have more than one of. Uh, it's only about 30, 35 IBUs. Okay. So relatively smooth. Uh, you're you're going to get a little bit of bitterness and you're a little bit of hop finish, but it's not going to be distracting. It's going to be mm. smooth. Okay. Uh, it should be very quenchable on a hot summer day. Sounds like a good Sunday drinker. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It is Adam approved. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's not Sunday. It's recorded on a special secret day. But if you're listening on a Friday, as you should... <laughs> Yeah, looking at this beer, though, it's got a nice color to it. Mm -hmm. It's got a nice effervescence. Mm -hmm. uh, we, we didn't explain the process to Paul, but, uh, you know, before every drink, we, you know, try to remark on it, give it, you know, what, what it looks like, <laughs> what it smells like. And then we taste it. We try to try to paint a picture because yeah, yeah. obviously we can't. <laughs> right. You know, we are not a visual can't, program. Can't show this, pictures. this beer is a, is a mystery to some beer drinkers because what the color you're seeing here is clear. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. This is where you can actually look through the beer and see what is on the other side. It's, right. Uh, uh, so twilight. It's a particular style uh, mm -hmm. of beer that I like is clear beer. Um, but this is a, a wonderful example of a nice, good, clean uh, looking beer that. Uh, uh, Hot, you, there's nothing for uh, any any flaws to hide behind. Mm. Right, right. Yeah. The uh, the the way this beer looks is what we would refer to as a VFW beer. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, it it looks like a beer you would see at the bar at a VFW. Yeah, yeah. This is, <laughs> where they look yeah. at it go looks like a beer. Looks like a beer. Tastes looks like, like a beer. beer. Tastes like a beer. <laughs> yep. it's, uh, <laughs> I don't know why you're, they all sound grizzled to me. <laughs> you're, you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> the one thing though that as we find these beers that look like vfw beers they always stand apart in smell and taste and i can tell you on the smell it's not a vfw beer. no it is not oh. it's, it's very fresh yeah it, it is it separates itself very quickly from that category yeah it's very fresh but i can tell it it 
resides in that lager pilsner kind of world. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's it's not crazy go nuts. It smells delicious. So it only took us about three and a half to four minutes um, for us to get to the beer. And I know that for Dennis, that was three and a half to four minutes too long. <laughs> it was way too long. I think I was over here like Tyrone Bigham scratching my neck. <laughs> <laughs> you got those hops? <laughs> you got any more of those koshas? <laughs> we had to tell him to sit on his hands for the first part of the show. <laughs> <laughs> Wait for the intro. <laughs> I'll tell you what, though. That beer is really clean drinking. Mm-hmm. But can, without, it's not lacking flavor either. No, 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 no. I can see why you said this is the most popular beer you wow. have. Yeah, this is the one beer that we pretty much have to have. Either it, It's either being brewed, it's being conditioned, it's on tap. Mm-hmm. Uh, this beer is, is uh, kind of, the, we say, the beer that keeps the lights on. Yeah, right beer. It's that staple um, beer. Yeah, and every, I think every brewery pretty much has, has a beer like that. Uh, I think certainly being in Homestead and, and are associated with, with the bowling alley, uh, it, it lends itself perfectly to just that 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 clientele and that and that kind of mindset. Uh, mm-hmm. This is the beer. Upstairs, you can get this beer by the pitcher. Nice. Wow. Which is, you know, I mean, getting craft beer <laughs> by a pitcher. downstairs? Downstairs? Uh, <laughs> you, can you can go upstairs. You can go upstairs. <laughs> <laughs> I can tell that Adam's liking this beer. How do you figure? Just because I know. Because uh, I'm <laughs> not is, complaining about it. <laughs> right. You're not complaining about it. You're not complaining about any hop bitterness or anything like that. This is right down your alley. This is a style. This no is, no pun intended, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> For me, it's interesting, though, because I think I might be just drinking bad kolsches all my life. There's a good possibility of that. Because I don't really, I, I've never really liked kolsches, but I really like this. Well, like I said, it's... it's You've got nothing to hide behind. There's right. No, there's nothing. There's no flavors that are are strong. There's no chocolate flavors. There's no hot right. flavors. There's nothing that's going to to, to mask, uh, yeah. you know, anything, any kind of high sulfur content or, or buttery flavors or penny blood flavors you might get from uh, improperly fermented beers. Uh, this, you know, if if you brew a Kolsch properly, this is this is what you'd expect oh. to drink in Cologne. Um, this is something that, you know, the idea behind the, the kind of beer you can just sit and drink one after another after another. And you're not dissecting it. You're not sitting there necessarily and thinking about this in terms of, uh, you know, how does this beer, uh, does this beer wow me? Is, is this something to write home about? You know, that kind of that kind of mm-hmm. mindset. This is just, it's a beer to enjoy as a beer. And uh, we, we like that here at NX. We like, yeah. we like, we like beer that just, you, we give you a pint of it and, and, and just just to hear it, enjoy it. Yeah, sometimes yeah. you just need to sit down, shut up, and have a beer. Yeah. That's right. yeah. <laughs> I can definitely see why this is also on pitcher, though. Yeah. Oh, that's, like, absolutely. We could all I could we could all agree to enjoy a pitcher of this, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. We each get our own pitcher, of course. Yeah. yeah. Right. Well, yeah, but I mean, just you know, make that clear. <laughs> a pitcher. A pitcher. <laughs> and an Uber ride home. Yeah. And an Uber ride. Yes. And thankfully, Homestead is close enough to Uber. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> you can easily get one. But yeah, so uh, we're just going to move on, and we're going to start learning a little bit more about NX, mm-hmm. all the beers that they have, a little bit of the history. Uh, I know we're coming up on the first year anniversary. Yep. We right. opened uh, right around the end of August. We started mm-hmm. doing soft openings, and then around the first week of September is when we yep. really officially had our, our grand opening. Uh, but it's been, it's been an interesting year. We've seen uh, a lot happen here. We've been producing... Uh, uh, about 20 different brands that we keep on about eight or nine at a time. Uh, I've got to pour at several festivals. Uh, last week, we won a Bloody Mary contest at, at Voodoo, which Very was nice. a whole lot of fun because <laughs> uh, even beyond the beer, we have a wonderful uh, cocktail and uh, wine program. And uh, we make uh, homemade sodas here that we use for our cocktails. Oh. Uh, our food is uh, 
pretty much prepared almost 100% in-house. We have a, an amazing uh, kitchen staff that works tirelessly every, almost every single day, and uh, we are no, getting known for our pizzas. Uh, I can say that the about a year ago, we were going through a wonderful time when our uh, new pastry chef was just making pizza after pizza after pizza after just to get the <laughs> to get the recipe right. Uh, some of the I, I kind of didn't want to open because it was just so great. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but at a certain point, we realized okay, we and, and then even then, once we we felt like we had nailed it, we still continued to 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 you know figure out how can we make this taste better mm. and. Uh, I think that's something that people have seen in our food is that uh, you're not going to uh, – you're getting every every dime's worth of, uh, of money out of the food that we serve here, and, and it pairs perfectly with the beer, and it's and there's just a nice ambiance to sit in and enjoy it. Mm-hmm. So is there is there a signature pie that you guys have? Is there one that you see where, in terms of sales, this one is the most popular or anything I would like say that? The, the ones I see the most popular are roasted vegetable yes, uh, just pizza <laughs> is is wonderful. I mean, for so vegetarians, for, for anyone, it's it's just – it's a wonderful pizza. They, they they roast the vegetable. I mean, I love the the smell in the morning when mm-hmm. I come out of the brewery and they're roasting the vegetables, you know, <laughs> and and then they uh, uh, they make the dough fresh every day. That one is is really popular. Um, if you come on brunch, we have a brisket pizza Ooh. that is uh, oh, absolutely to die my for. And, uh, goodness, uh, that is a wonderful brunch option that's available on Saturdays and Sundays. That sounds really yeah, good. That it does. Really, really good. <laughs> can you get the pizzas yeah. in the bowling alley? You can get the pizzas in the bowling alley. Absolutely. We will, oh, we will, we will bring you, the pizzas you, up for you. Good. Yeah. So you don't have to come downstairs and go upstairs. You can have your pitcher of beer. We'll bring you pizza oh, and your bowl. That's my workout plan. Yeah. I'll keep walking up and down those stairs and eat veggie pizza. That's it. <laughs> That's your guy. <laughs> How else do you get vegetables? Stairs and Dude, that's good to me. <laughs> Look, he's trying. That's true. There's more than one I can say right now. <laughs> to be fair, I got this shirt like 12 years ago, and it still fits. Hey, you know what? I can't. Yeah, a little snug. It. It's, it's a little right. snug. He's referring to his army shirt, of course. Yeah. <laughs> I wear it with pride. For the non-visual. <laughs> yes. It is skin tight. <laughs> But yes, your army shirt still fits you. <laughs> With the beer that we're having, like obviously this one's a real staple. It's very clean. It's very easy drinking. Anybody can enjoy this one. Uh, what beers do you have that like uh, are a little more experimental, a little more out there? Something that you like, you want to draw? I don't know the adventurous in. I'd say, you know, uh, we try to push the limits a little bit on our hoppy beers just mm-hmm. to have a variety of hoppy beers where you're you're going to have. <laughs> different flavors you're going to have different malt backbones you're going to have different uh, uh a different way to approach each hoppy beer mm. um, i think that's unique where sometimes you go into a lot a lot of breweries and they have the same base beer and then they just change the hops around mm-hmm. uh, we change the base beer around too and uh we've done some as ales we've done some as lagers uh we've started to experiment a little bit more with that uh our most popular beer that's, that's that falls into our seasonal category is our uh dad's hat rye whiskey barrel aged uh, imperial Ooh, stout okay all right uh, the, see, that's what i'm looking oh, for yeah. that's yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the, like, Yo. this, <laughs> this is what i this was what i'm prodding for i, I want to know the seasonals i want to know the <laughs> we will uh that beer originally came out back in december mm-hmm. uh very went over very well at the time uh we had a, a barrel aged variant uh at the time we really didn't know 
we just were kind of playing around with it. We did a small amount last year. We doubled that amount for this year. Awesome. So it'll come out towards the end of this year. We've we've made the beers. The beers are aging. Everything is wow. is 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 going. But uh, we won't release it until it's we feel it's it's ready and it tastes the way we uh, we want it to taste. Well, when you guys are ready, let us know. Yeah. <laughs> or even when you're yeah. not ready, you just <laughs> want to taste it. Right. <laughs> yeah. I am too old for birthday parties, <laughs> but. <laughs> in December, <laughs> bowling and rye whiskey imperial stouts. <laughs> oh man, that's like, be, yeah, and pizza. It's possible. Right. It's possible. And yeah. walk up and down them stairs. Yeah, yeah. Hey, no, it's like, his birthday. Nope. No. <laughs> Carry me, minions. That's right. <laughs> Slide me, whatever it is. <laughs> Slide. Have one of those chairs that just ride the railing yeah. down, so he just sits in it. Give me the gremlin lift. <laughs> Awesome. So again, back to the back to your uh, first year anniversary, though. Like, is there anything that uh, NX is planning to celebrate your birthday? <laughs> we have a special beer that'll be coming out. Uh, it is a Cabernet uh, barrel aged uh, beer de garde. Ooh. Uh, beer de garde is a style that's uh, somewhere between maybe an amber ale and a saison. It's a oh, it's a Belgian okay. style, uh, kind of a French Belgian style. Mm. Uh, to beer de garde literally means beer for aging. Mm. So it's a beer that once once we brewed this back in I want to say March and. It's been sitting in the barrels since then. Uh, we will be uh, pulling those out of the barrels this week, and there oh, will be not only will that man. be on draft, but there will be bottles available, and that will be our, our effectively our anniversary huh. uh, beer Excellent. that'll be coming. It's making out. me salivate. Yeah. <laughs> and then we got to put something more in those barrels again. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Listening to Paul talk about beer is like watching the Food Network at three in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> I just want more. <laughs> I get I, I go down those rabbit holes on the YouTube. Yeah. Oh there's, there's yeah. So Korean good, street foods. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, there's so much good cooking on the YouTube. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, uh, the other th- event that's coming up that we wanted to talk about is Fresh Fest. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you continue listening to the end of the segment, you'll have your chance to win a Fresh Fest ticket. Ooh, Smooth. I yeah. like that. Smooth. <laughs> uh, but I, d- I just wanted to talk to uh, you guys about your involvement in Fresh Fest because this is obviously uh, you weren't completely open last year mm-hmm. and you weren't able to participate. But now this year you're collaborating yes so tell, tell us more about who you're collaborating with and you know what you're excited with for, as far as the event goes and things like that yeah I, we had uh we were actually just really close to opening last year mm-hmm. and uh myself and uh david rodriguez the uh, the owner and, and head brewer uh were uh lucky enough to just to go and enjoy ourselves and uh i think we both kind of looked around this festival last year and said wow this is this is a great festival. <laughs> this is a this is a great great beer festival, and so uh, we knew when this year came around, we we both we had to be involved. NX had to be involved. Uh, we have been teamed up with Dreams Hair Salon, which is mm-hmm. uh, down the street, uh, right by the, the Gray's Bridge. Okay. Um, and uh, we worked with Tennille, the owner, and her vision was for a beer that's slightly sweet. Um, kind of spicy and featured peaches so uh, okay. uh, the inevitable we both we, we, the inevitable answer to that was well let's do a belgian triple and Ooh. and load it up with peaches <laughs> so that is exactly what we did we brewed this a few weeks ago uh we had the team come out and they helped us from uh, dreams come out and uh, they assisted in the brew uh, we brewed a, a very traditional uh a belgian triple um with uh, pilsner malt uh, a lot of sh- sugar and then uh uh uh, a traditional Belgian yeast. And then once, for, right about when fermentation was just about complete, <clears throat> we added about 35 pounds of uh, fresh peaches Ooh. and uh, let that 
reinvigorate the fermentation just a little bit just to, to uh, uh, incorporate that flavor in. And then now it has been sitting on those peaches for about another week. Oh, and man. we'll be packaging that beer uh, at the beginning of this week to be to be on tap uh, uh, at Fresh Fest. So is that a Fresh Fresh Fest exclusive or that be available here at the brewery? It, it will be available as of August 10th once uh, once Fresh Fest is, uh, has, okay. has happened. But that'll be the, fir- the first <laughs> opportunity to have it is at Fresh Fest. For, as far mm-hmm. as I know, uh, that is uh, uh, what our plan is right now. Yeah. Exclusive. Exclusive, yes. yeah. As <laughs> many, as many of the wonderful beers there are going to be is to, mm-hmm. to go. Oh, and, oh absolutely. Yeah, if, you, if you're not going to be at Fresh Fest, you're missing out. <laughs> what are you doing? There's going to be some great, great beers there. <laughs> great people, great beers. Yeah. Super excited for yeah. it. Yeah, I mean, if you're somehow not in the know about Fresh Fest, it's a... Uh, that's on you. Yeah. That's on you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you need to move because you live under a rock. Yeah. Get out from that rock. <laughs> Get the interwebs. Yeah. But yeah, there, every beer is a collaboration beer. It gives a chance for breweries in the area to show off what they can do. And it also <laughs> allows black-owned businesses to get their word out and just mm-hmm. you know be a part of the community and that's what it really all is is right. just communities supporting communities as paul said dreams is just right down the road from mm-hmm. here so it's yeah it's this neighborhood competing against other neighborhoods really right. yeah. <laughs> and showing what you can do working together so it's not you know a subset um of folks in the beer industry it's showcasing the lack of diversity in the beer industry but showing what we can do together to help build mm-hmm. awareness around it yes it was wonderful to get to meet the, the people of dreams mm-hmm. this is a business that's been around 16 years damn uh, right here in homestead and you know we've only been open a year and we think wow what a you know what a crazy year it's been it's like yeah. wow you guys have been around 16 years <laughs> you guys are you guys are killing it uh, so they're yeah wonderful wonderful group to, to work with and uh, uh the beer is going to be uh, a wonderful representation of the of the work that we all put awesome. into I'm it. Excited yeah, for I'm it. looking forward just, to it. Can you just tell me about all beers? Just learn about them. Just <laughs> all beers right before I go to sleep at night, Paul. Uh, just tell me about the beer. It's, uh, <laughs> it, it's honestly a strong competition right now between Paul and Garrett Oliver. Yeah, <laughs> Garrett Oliver is velvety smooth when he talks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I so to this point, being open for you know about a year, you, you guys have participated in beer fest this uh, mm-hmm. before. So I wanted to know, I mean, obviously Fresh West will be your favorite by the end of the year, but uh, what's been your favorite so far? I would say, you know, we we opened right before the first, uh, right before Construction Junction uh, mm-hmm. happened. And so that was, uh, that was a, a, fu- a big port. Yeah, that was a fun one to, to kind of jump right into because I had, okay. that was my first beer fest in Pittsburgh in general. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, it was, and for a lot of people, it was the first time they had ever tasted our beers. We were, we mm-hmm. were so brand new. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was fun to be able to bring out really our flagship. In some ways, we, we, we brought out our flagships, but in other ways, we brought out the only beers we had. <laughs> so it wasn't a, uh, you know, this, this year we have to sit around and actually think about what kind of beers we're, we're going to bring. Uh, but this one will be a... a uh, last year was a lot of fun. I would say uh, uh, Beers of the Berg at uh, Cary Furnace was oh, yeah, a whole a lot, lot of fun. fun. Uh, mm-hmm. We uh, were able to bring out one of our last remaining kegs of the of the barrel aged Ogro, and uh, I've worked a lot of. Beer. I've been in this business over a decade and worked a lot of beer festivals, and it was one of the first times ever where we literally had a line uh, spanning almost the entire span of the of, of the indoor part of the festival, uh, and it, waiting for the waiting for the, the beer to tap, and we kicked uh, the keg in about thirty minutes. 
Wow, uh, that was a wonderful feeling to to uh, <laughs> uh, to watch the because that was a destination that was, that spot. They wanted to go beer, to you guys so. to try that beer. That's yeah, and cool. that, that that right away, and that as soon as that happened, we looked at each other and said, "We got to order some more barrels." We got to do something about this. Speaking about barrels, I'm looking. Mm-hmm. We can look in on your uh, brewing facility mm-hmm. from you know the dining room. Yeah, and I, it's always a nice touch. Yeah, brewery. yeah, I like that. Uh, how? Uh, what is your capacity right now, though? So this is a 15-barrel system, mm-hmm. uh, oh, okay. a barrel being a 31 U.S. gallons. Mm-hmm. So every time we brew, it's just under r- around 450, 460 gallons at a time. Um, and we pretty much brew at least about at least once a week um, and basically try to sell the, the most of it in-house. So okay. uh, we are not, we're, we're doing some limited distribution to some bars and restaurants around the city. Uh, but then between really... Uh, uh, the, the the downstairs dining room, the bowling alley upstairs, which has four taps. Uh, we do a little bit of canning on the side. Uh, pretty much all of it gets sold uh, in-house. Um, so uh, short of us really opening up our distribution chains, uh, that, that would be our biggest uh, uh, reason for growth and to be producing more and, and, and get some more tanks. Yeah, yeah. I, that was going to be my next yeah. question about cans. but yeah. right. <laughs> And we do, we, we have a, uh, sure. when I say small canner, that is an understatement. We, can, mm. we do one, one can at a time. That's as small uh, as you can it's, get. It's as small as you can get. You ain't doing half cans. Yeah, so there are some days I just sort of, I have a nice little setup uh, down in the basement and uh, we'll just sit there and uh, can of beer one one at a time. Just grind them, and then you and hand label them. Out. But it gives us the ability to to, to do quick releases. It right. gives mm-hmm. us the ability to to release uh, cans the same day a beer goes on tap, which is a, a luxury that a lot of people don't don't always have. Right. If you're mm-hmm. producing, uh, you know, batches specifically all all for canning, all to go off for distribution, uh, versus uh, if you're gonna you know put a beer on tap and then hopefully can it, you know, when kind of like when the next canning canning right. run would come right. around, we can wow. we can set up the system very quickly, uh, can off a keg or two and and you know within the same day have have cans on the shelf and wow uh, that's a lot of fun nice yeah so i want to come back to this kolsch mm-hmm. okay <laughs> we're we're, this, this we're all glass. empty i mean we're all empty so it seems like a good time to come back to it <laughs> empty glass kolsch <laughs> yes yeah and that says it all right there yeah, yeah. Uh, Adam, why don't you give your final thoughts first? So I, I like this beer for multiple reasons, all of which have been discussed here, except for one. Uh, there is a, a good twist of maltiness on this as well. I don't think we've talked about that yet on this beer. Uh, it, it's got a, a maltiness to it that I haven't seen on other Kolsch's before, which I like. I, it, for those that have never listened to the show before, uh, I am not a hophead. Mm-hmm. I am much more of a malt guy. I like my my stouts. I like my hefeweizens. I like my sours, things like that. Uh, I, I don't lean into the hop side very much. But this one, it did have a, a hop, you know, a sensibility mm-hmm. to it. But it wasn't bad. You know, it didn't get in the way, like you were saying, mm-hmm. that it, it it's not the... You know, it's not the pinnacle of the beer. It's a supporting cast member. Right. And to me, that made for this to be a really good beer and a really uh, widely acceptable beer because it'll it'll appeal to almost everybody. It's got something for everybody, and that's what yeah. I like about this beer. Same. <laughs> All right. Then. I mean, that, hey, that was, that was a really good impression of Sam when he, you know, starts exalting IPAs. You, you, got to, you got your chance to exalt a really good German beer. That's right. And I got to use my hands. Yeah. <laughs> Just throw them around all willy-nilly over there. As long as I don't touch the mic. <laughs> Dennis, what were your thoughts? Uh, I definitely really enjoyed it. Now, I am a big fan of Kolsch's, Kolsch beers, and having this one... 
it actually made me realize that, like you said earlier, Steve, maybe I've just had lackluster coaches, and I love the with them as they were, but this definitely opened up to like a whole new like uh, gateway gateway beer for there me. There you go, digging yeah. into it. So I definitely enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, up to this point, the only Kolsch I like also had a bunch of coffee in it. So <laughs> I don't, I don't know what the hell I've been drinking up to this point, but obviously that those weren't right. <laughs> this is, but this was really nice and easy drinking, and I would definitely share a pitcher with friends at a bowling alley. Yeah, yeah. good. Like, I'm not, yeah, I'm not trying to blow any smoke. I'm <laughs> yeah, that's true. Facts are facts. I, yeah, I feel like we've built up to the point that we're you know genuine enough that people right. believe me that it, yeah, this is it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's good because <laughs> a lot of other cultures are good but this had like that that extra pizzazz to it that mm-hmm. just put just set it apart yeah 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 big fan big fan cool well before we take our break if you want to win a ticket to fresh fest on august 10th at nova place i want you to email us the phrase peaches to hopnationusa at gmail.com that's right peaches as in the triple that we were just talking about, <laughs> to hopnationusa at gmail.com, and we'll randomly draw a winner. And okay. So. And, you, and the winner gets to go to Fresh Fest. Yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, I believe Dennis and I are exempt from that. Yes, you this and Dennis true. are exempt. I'm this exempt. True. Paul's exempt. <laughs> Paul's already gone. Yeah. <laughs> we'll all be there, so yeah. it doesn't matter. we so be there. So The code is Peaches, just yeah. like Steve's stage name, Peaches. <laughs> Well, on that note, <laughs> it's time for me to step away from the table. It's time for me to fuck the pain away. <laughs> That's a good joke. Some people get that. We'll be back. Segment two. First Sip Brew Box is a one-of-a-kind subscription service for craft beer lovers based right here in Pittsburgh. Every month, First Sip will send you a box full of craft beer enthusiast essentials, including t-shirts, glassware, and even food. Right now, our friends at First Sip Brew Box have an offer for you. Just sign up for a three-month subscription and get your fourth month free. Just enter the code HOPUSA when you sign up at FirstSipBrewBox.com. That's H-O-P-U-S-A at checkout to get your fourth month free at FirstSipBrewBox.com. Welcome back, everybody, to episode 118 of the Hop Nation USA podcast. We're still here down at Enix Brewing, and we're here with the brewer, Paul. That means it's time for a second beer to which Paul will introduce. So this is the Mad Red Red IPA. Uh, This is going to taste very different from the Kolsch. Uh, I wish I could take credit for this recipe. I cannot. This is this is uh, Dave's uh, recipe, uh, uh, tried and true from from uh, his brewery in Madrid, Mad Brewing, and the idea behind this beer is that this is like an old school IPA. Uh, The first time I had this beer when I started working here. I, it reminded me of things like Founders Red's Rye, mm-hmm. of um, kind of old school dogfish head beers. Back kind of back in the day, when I say back in the day of, of craft beer, we're talking like you know the the, the olden days of the nineties, yeah. uh, <laughs> late nineties, early two thousands. But you know there weren't a lot of hop varieties. You pretty much had the you had predominantly the American sea uh, hops. You had Columbus mm-hmm. and Centennial and Cascade and and Chinook, and they tend to be more on the piney side, more on the resiny side. They definitely have those grapefruit, you know, citrusy notes, but they were this was not the level of of fruit that we expect from IPAs uh, of today at, by any stretch. And uh, they were they typically were more bitter as well, and. To combat the bitterness, you had to have a much stronger malt backbone in the beer uh, so that that sweetness from the malt would would balance out mm. the bitterness of the hops. So this beer features your Columbus, your Centennial, your Cascade, your Chinook. And 
this beer reminds me of what made me love craft beer and what made me really understand this is the difference between uh, this kind of beer and uh, what I had been drinking in college and what I had been used to as far as what, what I had been you know given all my life and said, okay, this is beer. Uh, this was these kinds of, of maltier, more resinous, more piney IPAs. Uh, just, uh, I think, I think if you really like IPAs, if you really say that you're a beer drinker, this is a beer <laughs> that's going to speak to you. Uh, it's, <laughs> it it's, sounds great to us. He it's not like going to yeah, this, this is not going to taste anything like your your hazy IPA. It's not going to taste anything like uh, your session low bitter IPAs. This is this is a beer that. Uh, you know, we might have said once upon a time puts hair in your chest. Yeah, this is it's a uh, no juice IPA. Yeah, right. Yeah, it's uh, it's resiny, it's bitter, it's 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 malty, but it's to me this is everything I love about about uh, the styles of beer that were the rejection of the macro styles that were created for decades after World War II, and uh, this. This is this you know kind of harkens back to the original uh, beers that, that that separated the craft beer movement. Hmm. Right on. Uh, could you give us quick numbers like ABV and IBU? I mean, you're, uh, this you're beer is it, it sits right at seven point two percent, so it's a hearty uh, beer and much closer to about sixty IBUs. So, but again, balanced. <laughs> so it's it's bitter, but you're not going to have that. You're not going to be left with that rubbery resinous, right. you know, mm-hmm. taste. It's not mouth. over Thank the you. top, right? Pop. It's going to be balanced right. with the, with the sweet with the sweeter malt. Yeah. <laughs> Brewed with Adam in mind, <laughs> and that that beautiful color you're seeing there that yeah. comes from uh, uh, the Red X malt, which was a uh, a new discovery for me when I came into this brewery. That's something that uh, uh, Dave uh, had had used in in Europe and uh, uh, brought that that recipe over here. Hmm. Right on. Yeah, I was going to ask you. You were mentioning how you know. For those who don't know, <laughs> the story goes: uh, two brothers actually own uh, an ex, uh, Victor and David, and David was a brewer in Spain who started uh, the uh, Mad Brewing Company. Mm-hmm. And I was wondering, you know, when he imported this recipe over, was there other things that had to be imported over? I know that it? this was this would have been come around. Uh, Probably around 2010, 2011 mm-hmm. would have been when this recipe was was uh, you know kind of having its full impact there. Right. Uh, you know, at the time, from what I what I understand about the European beer market and the Spanish beer market is that uh, American beers were available. I think you would have seen a lot of Sierra Nevada at the time. You would have yeah. seen a lot of Stone, uh, those kinds of brands, Bells, I'm sure. Uh, but the, for the most part, people were still drinking predominantly German styles mm-hmm. and and drinking. Uh, you know, more of the traditional lagers. Uh, so this would have been an experimental beer for sure. Mm. And getting the hops was not the hardest part. From what I understand, one of the hardest ingredients to uh, uh, transfer to Europe was yeast. And oh. uh, uh, it's where Dave uh, really began a relationship with White Labs, the White Labs oh, company. Yeah. Right on. Because uh, they were keen to... Um, start sending their products to Europe. Uh, and they had to really think about how do we uh, quickly, safely, you know, send, you know, yeast is a live thing. It's, yep. a, it's a culture that uh, temperature is an extraordinarily important part of its uh, uh, life cycle. And uh, whether you have extremes of cold, extremes of heat right. uh, can affect that yeast. So they had to, uh, you know, develop methods for sending it. And he had to be ready to, to enter, you know, accept the order as soon as it got there. And uh, he was, as from what I understand, uh, Mad Brewing was one of the first breweries in Europe to uh, just to regularly uh, be bringing in American yeast. Now it's a very common practice. Yeah. But at a time when uh, craft beer in general was still being uh, uh, introduced and, and, and considered, uh, you know, uh, Mad Brewing was definitely at the forefront of that. Oh, wow. Right on. Yeah. That's cool. 
now I'm super pumped up yeah. for this beer. <laughs> yeah, as Paul mentioned, it does have a nice, deep copper color. Mm-hmm. It looks really nice. It's a good-looking unit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> on the nose, you get a little bit of that hoppiness, but I can also smell some malt on it as yeah, well. Yeah, a little malt, a little sweetness. Yeah, a little bit of toasted malt, a little bit of caramel malt. I was say, I You're gonna get, get some uh, some uh, uh, Munich in there, uh, some a little bit of a little bit of medium caramel malt. The red X really is what is what's gonna drive mm-hmm. uh, the flavor. So nothing quite as toasty as Maris Otter, but certainly a little more complex than your your traditional pale malt. His beer's talking dirty to me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> kind of want to hear Adam's thoughts first. You know what my first thought of this beer was? It kind of tastes like a Christmas beer. You got a little spice in this, maybe, Adam? I did. I got some spice on this. Hmm. I, I, to me, it felt like it was more spice than hop. And I think I, you're going to get that mostly from from your from the the kind of the ruby red malts, mm-hmm. your, your red X, uh, uh, your 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 darker crystals. Your you're going to get that stone fruit. You're going to get those yep. a little bit of plum, uh, a little bit of raisin, and that can can come across yep. as uh, you know a little bit of spiciness. Yep, and yeah. that, and that's kind of it. It felt like it was a a Christmas beer, but kind of pulled back a little bit. Mm-hmm. And that's. That that's how I I'm I'm finding this beer. You know, if it was more of like an October November beer, <laughs> it's like a <laughs> right in a wheelhouse. A little bit like a Christmas beer with cinnamon removed. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But I I kind of get that as well. But it has that really um, has that deep malty like caramelly flavor up front, and then the back end is where you get the hops out of it. Yeah. But like you said, it doesn't finish with that hard resinous flavor. Right. It, Thank God. It yeah. does. It does terminate pretty clean. <laughs> yeah. So I, Adam's obviously not complaining about that. <laughs> yeah. But you, you, yeah, you can still get that hoppiness on the back end. It has a little bit of bitterness. It is, you know, a little stronger, and it's definitely stronger than, you know, all the soft baby kiss, uh, you know, hazy IPAs out there. <laughs> yeah. But it, yeah, it has a little bit of strength to it, a little bit of kick. Well, just like I said before about the Kolsch, I'm also a big fan of red IPAs. But again, this one's stepping itself apart from all the other ones I've had. It, it's it's smooth, and I see what you were saying. It's like a flashback to the late 90s, early 2000s of, of what IPAs were. Mm-hmm. It's like we went on a movement of no juice IPAs, no yeah. juice. And, and this would be the, yeah. the, the poster child of that movement. Yeah. You know, it's so balanced and tasty. I'm going to get back into it. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, while Dennis gets back into that, uh, we're going to get back into the show. Uh, th- this time, we, we want to oh. focus a little more on Paul and your history. Mm-hmm. We did some talking in between segments, and we you know learned a good bit. So <laughs> we're going to make you repeat yourself a lot. <laughs> word probably. for word. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we just kind of want to start at the beginning. You, you kind of mentioned that you've been brewing for over 10 years. Yeah, I, I broke into the industry in 2009. Uh, I opened a homebrew supply store in Louisville, Kentucky, called My Old Kentucky Homebrew, and That's I was a. Fantastic a name. I, had, I had the name for a lot for a while before the store. Uh, that, was, that was the easy part. Uh, you know, I at the time there were two breweries in the entire, I think, or three breweries in the entire state of Kentucky. There were two in Louisville and one in Lexington, and. They were not super happy with the idea of another brewery. You know, they didn't really want competition. And on top of it, too, I simply didn't know enough to open a brewery. Mm. Um, But I knew that I wanted to be a part of the industry and to find where where I could 
uh, be of value. And one thing my brother and I came to a quick, quick realization of is we don't really have a store in Louisville where you can go and get anything you want to be able to make beer supplies. There was a wonderful store in Indianapolis. There was a an excellent uh, wine making supply store in Louisville, but not really on the beer side of things. Mm-hmm. And it was also on a part of, kind of on, you know, you know, even though Louisville's not a really big city, we'd say it was on the other side of town. Mm. Uh, so I opened this store to uh, just carry the basic supplies and that, uh, quickly be turned into I carry everything uh, <laughs> and my 800 square foot store was cer- be- certainly became uh, too small very quickly and we uh, ended up going to a 3,000 square foot store a few years later and it was a great time we watched uh, I, I we watched just so many people start into brewing uh, we watched uh, our Kentucky State Fair go from ha- one year going from having less than 100 uh, entries to having over 700 the next wow. year <laughs> uh, wow That was a big eye-opening moment of, oh, we need more judges. We need to train more judges. Uh, It was one of the longest judging days of my entire life. Someone (laughs) someone once described it as, I've never seen so many people have so little fun drinking beer. (laughs) Uh, We we judged, I mean, we're talking dozens upon dozens of dozens of beers. Uh, In some ways, it was a lot of fun because it was quality control. I Mm -hmm. sat back and said, well, you know, a lot of these beers were made from ingredients from my store. Uh, I get to actually see how the the final result turns out. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, We watched the Homebrew Club. Uh, absolutely just just explode in numbers we saw we started to see more Bruins we started to see uh, more of the homebrew uh, uh, community being involved uh, with the professional brewing community and then the inevitable happened we started to seeing more breweries open mm-hmm. and one by one I started to see my best customers nice. <laughs> uh, fall off because they were all opening breweries Wow uh, which is a wonderfully bittersweet feeling to, to to watch someone you know know that I gave them the intro to brewing class you know a little free weekly class I ever did and if you know two or three years later they're opening a full-scale brewery and I, I think maybe i got a little bit jealous i think i i started to feel like i wanted to to be more involved in that world and uh as uh the store uh as sales uh, started to, to fall just as the homebrewing uh kind of homebrewing as a whole started to fall uh i, I pivoted into full-time brewing uh it it was a I'll tell you kind of a fun story. It was, I I was having a, we would usually have very big Christmases, very big sales. And Christmas was always a time when uh, we could count on just uh, making usually somebody about 20% of our entire year uh, wow. in just a few weeks. And the last Christmas I was open, uh, it just wasn't as busy as it had been. And, mm-hmm. and, you know, we all kind of stood around and said, well, we don't, you know, we're, we're carrying everything. We're doing the promote. We're doing everything we've done all these years. And I was driving home, and I, in Kentucky, you could buy uh, beer in a gas station. Mm-hmm. And I stopped at the local little gas station, and I, I said, I'm just going to grab a six-pack of beer and, and go home and you know, think about how I can do things better. And I'm standing at the gas station looking at this wall of beer, and suddenly I look at my watch, and I realize I've been standing there for 20 minutes trying to figure <laughs> out what beer I want. And, I, and, it, and it kind of dawned on me. I said, I'm trying to figure out what beer I want, and I'm in a gas station. Yeah. <laughs> the, the industry has changed. Right. And, you know, for a long time, though, the rallying cry had been, you know, you can brew what you can't get. And that's when we would have people say, you know, you know they want to brew a porter. They want to brew a stout. They want to just brew varieties that they, they weren't totally – uh, readily available and it suddenly became people wanted to brew very specific beers 
and brew very specific beers from very specific breweries. And suddenly this idea of you can't, and then on top of that, uh, there was more beer available than there ever had been. And, and this is even going back five, six years from now. Yeah. And suddenly you realized there is no more issue of I can't get the beer. I don't. I, I can get any beer I want, or yeah. I can at least get yeah. the style I want. And this this necessity to make beer uh, was starting to fade. And now it became well, if you make beer, it's because you genuinely want to make beer. Right. It's, it's like enjoy the who, process. Yeah, it's like people who who you know still develop film in a dark room. Right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you 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 do it because you genuinely want to do it. And. Uh, it, and unfortunately, as much as I think I, I I will indulge that passion, I will I will support anyone who feels that way. I think that is a wonderful wonderful hobby to have, uh, you know, to run a business against it and actually you know be able to keep the lights on and pay your employees and 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 do all the things you need to do to run it as a business. That certainly uh, changed, and uh, the my former employee uh, took it over. Uh, and, and now owns uh, Brewgrass Homebrew Supplies in Louisville, which is still open. Wonderful, wonderful store. Uh, but I pivoted into full-time brewing after that and worked for several breweries in Kentucky. And Pittsburgh had always been on my radar. And I decided at a certain point uh, I was ready to move on to something bigger and better. And I've been in Pittsburgh a year now and have worked at Enix uh, a year now. Right on. Right on. Yeah. So awesome. just, to, just to jump back a little bit, uh, what were some of the breweries that opened in Kentucky? That you know you remember kind of seeding to the the home brewers. My favorite, uh, there's a brewery called Apocalypse. Okay, and right. uh, it's run by uh, a wonderful person named Leah Dinas. Uh, she was, uh, I believe, the first female. She was not the first female brewmaster in Kentucky, but uh, she's she's the first female brewmaster of the uh, craft beer movement. Uh, Louisville actually has three female brewmasters, which I think is a wonderful uh, thing to brag about. Mm -hmm. uh, Leah was the president of the homebrew club when I started. She she was a great brewer. She is a great brewer. She was one of the few people to really guide me along in the early days of the store and just gave wonderful advice. Uh, she would tell me things like, uh, you'll always make a great beer. You just might not make the beer you think you're going to make. <laughs> uh, you know, she was, she was on the, she was a, a wonderful beer judge and, you know, she would, she would drink a beer and she'd always find something good to say about it. She'd say, you know, if you, if you made a pale ale and you put, you turn this beer, she'd say, man, that you made a great amber. It's not a pale ale, but you made a great amber, and she was she was always there to support and always there to uh, uh, to give good advice. Uh, oh, she makes man. some great. She was she uh, really taught me a lot about how to brew with uh, vegetables and and herbs. Mm -hmm. uh, she makes a, a phenomenal uh, chili beer, uh, green chili beer. Mm. Uh, she and I did my first professional collab together, which was a beer we brewed uh, for when Arrested Development came back out. Okay. okay. Mm. And uh, we decided it'd be fun to make a beer that tasted like uh, banana dipped in chocolate rolled in nuts. Oh, nice. <laughs> and so we, uh, we Again, substituted. Beer porn. <laughs> yeah. We, we, substi we decided to do this with all natural flavoring. Uh, it also came up because as beer names get spread around, there was one other Apocalypse Brewing Company uh, in America. Mm. And uh, her Apocalypse Brewing Company accidentally got sent a box of caco nibs. Oh. And, <laughs> and she talked with the other brewery and they got back and forth. They said, you know, it ended up being too too much work to actually try to ship it. So they said, you know, why don't you just hold on to it? We'll, you know, we'll get a, we'll get a, you know, we'll just work it out. And so we had this big box of caco nibs and we said, well, uh, let's brew this Hefeweizen. 
Uh, we used Maris Otter instead of Pale Malt to give it a little more of a nutty flavor. Uh, we used a, all the cacao nibs, both in the boil and afterwards. And then we used uh, the famous uh, White Labs 300 yeast, which is kind of known for its banana yeah. uh, esters, uh, which you can really uh, – uh, uh, accentuate if you uh, stress the yeast out by under pitching it, uh, ferment it at a slightly warmer temperature, and and actually you know it, it, whether instead of having just a subtle banana flavor, actually have a banana flavor, which mm. in a lot of t- cases is considered a flaw. But we were actually going Shooting for that, that flavor, yeah. yeah. So when it was all said and done, uh, Banana Stand came out, <laughs> and uh, it was it was the fastest selling beer they've ever had at that point. Oh, uh, it's always uh, money in the banana. Yeah, this, we, <laughs> true. We, we released it right before the series uh released on netflix and uh uh it was one of a beer I, I, watching people be able to come up and ordering the beer i'd helped make and help develop the recipe for uh that was uh that was a pivotal moment because it's it, you start watching someone appreciate something you've made uh it's a really wonderful wonderful feeling and then having people tell you you know they, they love it it's just you, you, the, if you're a brewer the, the next inevitable feeling you have is well what do i make next What's right the next? What's the yeah, next beer? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> and and that got me on on that path. When you made your way to Pittsburgh, obviously you started working with Enix, and uh, we were talking about how David is, you know, kind of the head grandmaster brewer mm. uh, of Enix. Uh, what was the first beer that you really got to put your input on and put a recipe into? Uh, the first beer that I got to have a, a real influence on was our Munich Dunkel, okay. which is called Nachbar. and I, I always call this style of beer we, a casserole beer. And the idea behind it is that you kind of look around to see what do you, what do you have? Well, we got a sack of this. We have a sack of brown ale. We have a sack of chocolate. We have a sack of uh, Cara Brown. A mutt. And we we had some lager yeast. We had you know we want to lager yeast is our yeast in general is uh, one of the most expensive ingredients a brewery has to deal with, and you want to get multiple uses out of it to, to right. justify purchasing it. Yeah. And so we figured we wanted to use this yeast uh, one more time, and you know we we kind of looked around and said, hey, we've got enough to. I don't think we can make a full 15 barrel batch. I think it was a 10 barrel batch was the first batch, but we said we got enough to do a donkel. Let's that's a style we we all like. And so we we brewed that and uh it happened to uh debut on the same day there was the terrible uh shooting in, in Squirrel Hill in mm. the synagogue and we decided, well, let's, you know, let's use the power of the goodness of this beer to to do something good with and we said we did a we did a benefit and in looking up uh names for the beer i i i wanted something that in, incorporated uh, uh neighborhoods and, and community and, and you know working together and we discovered that the german word for neighborhood uh, was nachbar huh. and that had a special meaning to me because the the uh, street I grew up in Louisville, there was a bar down the street called Knock Bar oh. and had been oh. there for years. And I kind of always, it was just my neighborhood bar. And they, they were kind of an early uh, uh, craft beer enthusiast bar. And, mm-hmm. But they, they, they always featured a lot of dark beers and, and heavier beers. And I always just assumed Knock Bar meant night bar or dark bar. Yeah. I just never really, <laughs> never really, you know, thought about it too much. And uh, when we when I came to realize this, we said, "Wow, that is everything just came together wow, wonderfully on circle. this," and, and uh, we were able to use the, the beer for a good purpose and raise good, some money, awesome. and and, uh, and then and it has now become one of our more uh, popular beers as well. So, uh, Nachbar is a beer I'm, I'm quite proud of. I think German lagers are just a uh, they're a wonderful style that that doesn't get as much love as they should. They're not as uh, fancy as. Uh, 
as as IPAs. They don't. Right. They're not gonna. T- you're never gonna find a German lager that tastes like Oreos. No one's gonna. <laughs> no one's. No one's gonna line up down the street for a German lager. Right. But if it's brewed well, it is. It, it it's a beer that just that makes that that it's clean and it's it goes good with food. It's refreshing. Uh, we're, we're we have three uh, lagers on right now. We have the the Knock Bar. We have the Levine Lager, which is a, a Vienna style lager, Oktoberfest style lager that's named after the uh, hardware store that this oh, is okay. this building uh, once occup- uh, was the, the former tenants. <laughs> and we currently have Xanabrew on, which is a hoppy lager, uh, which is our kind of our, our non-bitter, uh, not quite an IPA hoppy option uh, that features Comet hops, which mm. is a, a hop that if you're, if you're familiar with Citra, uh, very similar to Citra, uh, super refreshing. And because it's a lager, just really clean finish. Uh, I really the kind of beer that you can just, you can just like, you almost can drink it like a bottle of water. It's just so quenchable. Uh, wow. yeah, six, even at 6%, uh, great beer to have on. So I'm a huge fan of doing lagers and getting to do uh, knock bar was a, was a real pleasure. Sounds delicious. So is there any recipe or any style that you haven't been able to to tackle yet that you want to to get into? Uh, we were we were saying the other day we thought if we really want to tap into the uh, the, the trendy market is I think our next beer is going to be a hazy pumpkin glitter beer. <laughs> and we're just, wait, is any of that we're sarcasm? Just, we're just gonna we're just gonna call it. Are you happy now? <laughs> <laughs> are you not entertained? <laughs> um, you know, I I don't know. It's it's fun. Every you know we we get to do a lot of uh, experimenting here. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the Imperial Stout was a fun beer to play with. I know we have some plans to do some more Belgian styles uh, coming up. Uh, and, uh, you know, being from Kentucky, I am I'm a, a, a fan of anything barrel-aged. Oh, yeah. So uh, uh, I'm going to be pushing uh, uh, much more with our barrel program. And we will certainly support that. <laughs> no doubt about that. Apparently, from your huge basement, you got a plenty of space for that, too. <laughs> yes. And you saw just people kinda, will come out of the woodwork. Just got to get the barrels down there. Barrel <laughs> age. Yeah. Awesome. Well, you know what? I, I'm hearing a lot of good things, and I think I might have to start coming down here more often, making yeah. the drive. It's not a two-tunnel trip, so it's still <laughs> it's a one-tunnel. <laughs> I, I promise we have the best parking of any brewery <laughs> in the state of, in the city of Pittsburgh. Yes, uh, yes we have you do. Mul- we have multiple lots that surround the brewery. Uh, yeah. They are free after four o'clock, free on the weekends. See, uh, I didn't need a quarter. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, I know it's parking is you know, when you when you start to own businesses and get more into that world, you realize right. how important something like parking is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, the one thing you will never have to worry about at Enix is will I find a parking space? Nice. Uh, right. well, uh, that and going hungry. You have choices. You guys yeah, got tons of tons yeah. of food. And yeah, you won't. Yeah, you certainly won't leave hungry. It's uh, that's sure. Board. The charcuterie board. He is... called me over when someone ordered it. I yeah. ran over from the little booth we had set up. I was like, oh, I was just yeah. just drenched if you, in saliva. If you think you even even can think about what our char- oh, charcuterie board looks like, it is so and it, it changes uh, uh, weekly and uh, features a lot of uh, 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 Spanish uh, style meats and, and cheeses and uh, uh, accompaniments. It is uh, it's worth every dollar. Oh man! Uh, it's, I, I I have ordered it for myself and, and regretted it. It's it's a two person board, <laughs> um, which uh, you know ho- take that as a challenge. You know, oh no, challenge well, accepted. Yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna go out there work for tips and come back and get a charcuterie board. <laughs> awesome. Well, yeah. So far, everything we've learned about Enix is they have great food, they have good beer through two. So you know, I, I can't imagine they're gonna biff it on the third, right? <laughs> uh, and bowling. 
Yeah. yeah that's really important. And, li- and live music on the weekends. Oh, really? Yeah. So, uh, if, weather, <laughs> weather appropriate, uh, which in Pittsburgh, you know, can vary. Uh, we do have a, a wonderful outdoor patio uh, with a stage. And uh, we basically have bands booked uh, on Fridays and Saturdays for pretty much the rest yeah. of the year. So, uh, or at least through the warmer months. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, check out Facebook. Uh, we, we update that constantly. And uh, we have... Um, you can sit outside and, and enjoy beer and eat some pizza and listen to live music. Get uh, your summertime drinking yeah, in. Yeah. So mm-hmm. speaking of I, I was looking at, at upcoming events and things like that. Did I see something about a cigar club that meets oh, here? Oh, yeah. There is, it's become very popular on certain, on Wednesday nights. Uh, it's not every Wednesday. I know there's one coming up on, on this Wednesday. Uh, our owners, are Dave and Victor, are, are huge uh, cigar enthusiasts. Okay. And uh, they... Uh, uh, have have wonderful connections with some uh, uh, cigar tobacconists, I believe is the proper term. Tobacconists Could around town. Okay, sure. And, <laughs> I ain't uh, correcting you. <laughs> uh, they they really. They, I, I've watched these guys. They are serious. They yeah. they sit there and they 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 treat cigars the way a lot of people treat beer. You know, they they are dissecting them and talking about them and talking about how their role, what's goes in, and then and then how they pair with the beer. Mm. Uh, I'm very curious is, uh, how that would go yeah. about. How you would. You know, Perry cigar with beer. Yeah, yeah. I'm curious what kind of, the process is. Has to be some robust I would say, yeah, you're, you're the best thing sure. I can I can say is to come out and and and, and hang out with these guys. And uh, so that's tomorrow. There's certainly there's one. There will be one on this Wednesday. <laughs> uh, but I would say look at our look at our calendar on Facebook to get a. Okay. But there are certainly there's certainly going to be happening through the rest of the year. Right on. Yeah. It's not tomorrow, Dennis, because the show comes out on Friday. Yeah. <laughs> because we are recording on a mystery day. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was a clue. <laughs> Awesome. Yeah, that sounds that sounds cool. I, I would like to try that. I mean, yeah. most of my cigar smoking has been black and milds. And On a golf house. course. <laughs> On a golf course. Steve. I've, I've, had a, I've had an occasional acid. We should practice I should, one I, time before yeah, we I go out. I, I have a humidor at home. <laughs> oh, good Lord. We'll get together for a couple sticks and then we'll <laughs> show up. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, Dennis and I will go practice our uh, smoking bats, and then <laughs> we'll see. We'll come down here eventually. Uh, in the meantime, let's come back to this uh, mad red IPA. Uh, I'm thoroughly enjoying it. I don't think I need to say it because I've been on this whole big throwback kick. If you've been listening to the past probably three months. Yeah, you've been pounding that drum an awful lot lately. Yeah, because because I'm tired. Of them. I want, <laughs> I'm just I'll, tired. I want my bitterness back. <laughs> I want my bitterness, bitterness, bitterness. Thank back. you, Dennis. I'm glad you picked up on that's what I wanted You're to welcome. do. <laughs> but yes, I want my bitterness back. I want my big flavors back. I don't I'm tired of things tasting like orange juice. I want real IPAs. <laughs> I've been banging this drum since I had that Fulton three hundred. Uh, that is true, and that just mm. kicked me right back to my like, oh, this is what it like shocked the system. Yeah, yeah this yeah. is what things are supposed to be. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, th- uh, this is this uh, Mad Red is right up there. It, yeah. It's got that nice, um, it, like it's balanced in the sense that it's it, nothing pulls away too far, nothing is too harsh, but it really does have an evolution in tasting when it goes from you know the upfront toasty. Uh, malts to that nice, you know, classic bitterness. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's classic bitterness because it's made with the classic hops that you found, you know, back in the day. Mm-hmm. Yes. They're still around, but they're right. also back <laughs> in the day. <laughs> so for me, I keep going back to what I said at the beginning of the segment where it kind of has that 
that kind of Christmas beer feel to it, where it has that that spiciness to it. It's but it's not a full it's not a full Mad Elf or anything like that. No, and I left out there is there is some uh, a small percentage of rye in it as well. Okay, which I wonder if that that the spiciness of the rye certainly does come through. It, and, it, uh, yeah, yeah. So if you if you if you're a fan of Founders Red's Rye, which I'm not even sure you can get it anymore. I I used to buy that by the by the six pack right. quite often. <laughs> uh, if you're a fan of that particular beer that that was uh, a, a a very popular founders beer. Uh, this would be is gonna be is gonna be right up your alley. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, this is this is definitely not a a beer where when you see IPA, it's not going to punch you in your face with the hops. But for me and my sensibilities, that's a good thing. Yeah, yeah. I dig it. Well, with uh, my opinion, like I said earlier, I am a big fan of red IPAs. Um, but this one, like the Kolsch earlier, was just a a, a step above. What I typically have, I'm starting to realize how underrated you guys are. <laughs> like, seriously, it's a very well done beer. Um, the caramel malts come out. It's a little sweet malty up front, but then that old school flashback of uh, red or bitterness from the hops just come through in the end. But like Steve said earlier, it terminates pretty quickly. It's, it doesn't just hang around. So folks that like a wide variety of styles, mm-hmm. they're not going to wreck their palate. And I can see where that would go together with a lot of really good meals that you guys have here. Yeah. And I think people are, you know, we've been open a year now. People are mm-hmm. figuring it out. You know, it used to be back in the day a brewery would open and, you know, the everything's shut down. Everything's, the world stopped. Right. Because a brewery opened. Like in Bellevue. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we can have new uh, <laughs> uh, it's, it's, I wish, I wish, you know, I, I, I yearn for the days of 2005. <laughs> right. <laughs> when, uh, right. When that was, that was the case so much. But, uh, you know, I think, I think people are, are looking for something different, and you know, one thing Enix does does provide is it's a it's a nice environment to come and sit and have right. a meal mm-hmm. and 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 enjoy some beer. And it's uh, you know, this isn't uh, you're you're, you're not going to necessarily have a. Uh, uh, some of the, some of the tropes you see at, at breweries. Now, I don't want to I don't want to bash anyone. I think I think every brewery has its wonderful uh, uh, characteristics, uh, but uh, this is not a, a place where. Uh, or it's a place where you can have a nice calm dinner. Right. Uh, it's not necessarily going to be loud and, and uh, 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 you know, you're be able to talk to the person across the table and, right. and talk no about the food and talk about the beer. The table. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we, we, we love dogs on the patio. Yeah. We love dogs on the patio. No babies riding uh, animals. Yeah. No. We love babies on the patio. We love babies on the patio. <laughs> <laughs> on the patio no one great. puts baby on the patio. <laughs> I don't have kids. I can say that. <laughs> right on. Well, I think it's time we take a break and we'll come back with segment three and we're going to get more into that bowling bit because I have a bowling quiz. Excellent. So we'll be back with segment three. Hey everyone, my name is Drew and I host a podcast called Dudes with Brews on a Porch where we let the drinks flow and the conversations go. Each and every week, me and a friend of mine, we sit down, we try a different craft brew, usually from the state of Wisconsin, and we just sit down and have a conversation. We talk about all aspects of life. Once a month, we talk about paranormal stuff and we always have a good time. You can find our show, Dudes with Brews on a Porch, on iTunes, Google Play, and anywhere else you find your podcast. Grab a cold one and hang out with us each and every week right here on the porch. Welcome back to to episode 118 of the Hop Nation USA podcast, we are continuing our journey through NX beers drinking. Uh, we're here, segment three, still with Paul, who is going to introduce 
third beer. Yes, and we haven't chased him off yet. <laughs> no, he, not he yet. He hasn't left us at the brewery all by ourselves. <laughs> Locked in. <laughs> Which would be terrible, but there looks like there's semi-couches around here, so that's okay. <laughs> yeah, there's couches and the taps will, are, are on, so... They have great food, Steve. We can go yeah. figure this out. <laughs> yeah, they, they got a good kitchen, so I'll figure it out. <laughs> so really, Paul, you could just leave now and we'll figure it out. <laughs> just kidding. Go home. Tell no one. Or just say that you left and then you could just be here rambunctious with the rest of us. Yeah. <laughs> Whichever you want to choose to do. But first, please introduce our third beer of the evening. <laughs> so this is our collaboration beer for Fresh Fest. This Ooh. is done with uh, the Dreams Hair Salon. Uh, the name of the beer is Dreams Depeche. And it means uh, basically it's a, a play on uh, the dreams of the name of the and uh, uh, peaches. Mm-hmm. So uh, the idea behind the beer was that we wanted something slightly sweet. Uh, we wanted a nice sipping beer, not necessarily something you just drink down. And we wanted to feature uh, peaches. So uh, the style we went with was a Belgian triple because we thought, well, that's uh, it's on the sweeter side, mm-hmm. but still uh, will allow the flavor of the peaches to come through. Uh, and it's not going to taste like candy. And we uh, brewed this a few weeks ago with the, t- with the, dream, uh, the team from Dreams and then added in uh, 35 pounds of uh, peaches uh, last week. And now it's sitting on the peaches. So what we have in front of us is this is the beer that is about to go into the, into the uh, what we call the bright tank. So this has not been carbonated yet. This is uh, uh, the fermentation is done. The peaches have been added. We're trying to get the solids to fall out at this point. We're trying to go get you know have a nice clean looking beer. And uh, right now you can see the peach flavor is is uh, coming mm. through. And mm-hmm. when the carbonation comes in, it'll be a little bit brighter. But uh, I say I I think it's fair to say all the flavors are are present right now. Oh, no. uh, more, I'm more, excited. Most importantly, it's a Hop Nation exclusive. Exclusive. Yeah, I have not And then there's like lasers in there and stuff. (laughs) You'll hear the lasers later. How about sharks? Yeah, no, it could be anything. Yeah, the other thing was when Paul said the team from Dreams, I immediately went to the Dream Team. 1992? And I immediately (laughs) thought of Patrick Ewing as a hairstylist. (laughs) That made me happy on the inside. Okay. (laughs) So I I, I got one question before we really get into it. So this is supposed to be a Belgian triple. Mm Mm-hmm. Did you start with a Belgian triple base and then add to peaches? Yes. So oh, okay. the, the so recipe it's, is uh, it's it's Pilsen malt. Okay. Um, and then we added, uh, I believe, 50 pounds of just white table sugar, mm-hmm. uh, which is a, a typical uh, method used in, in this in, for triples where we want to up the alcohol content, but we don't want to add uh, anything that's going to add body or sweetness. Right. Mm-hmm. So the right. table sugar allows us to uh, basically spike the alcohol and actually ends up ultimately on the on the back end drying out the finish mm. um, without uh, adding uh, to kind of any kind of fusel uh, heavy alcohol flavors. And that's probably so, because that just all gets eaten up. Yeah. Like that's yeah, all the food. sugar. Yeah. The yeast <laughs> just goes, into, goes right to town on that sugar. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So has the, uh, the Belgian triple, the, the base recipe, has that been on tap here before or is this an all new? It has not been anything on tap here, but certainly for Dave and I, this is a very traditional recipe. So uh, this is very much a, you know, if it's not broke, don't fix it kind of right. thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, Right you know, if you if you read uh, uh, brewing classic styles or any of those kinds of you know books that are going to give you very you know straight to style recipes, this recipe is hmm. the the base recipe is very much straight to style, um, and then we used. Uh, 
uh, uh, we received uh, peaches in and uh, pureed them and then uh, added them in right right before the end of uh, uh, fermentation, so that the yeast was still slightly active. Right, and so the residual the, the sugar that is that lives in the peaches is going to wake that yeast right. up. Uh, not enough to consume all of the sugar, so that uh, there's no peach flavor left over, mm-hmm. but enough to to dry it out just a little bit and incorporate that flavor uh, mm-hmm. into the beer. Okay, yeah, I mean that was generally my question. Like, was the you know was the alcohol spike more dependent on the peaches or just the base recipes yeah ultimately the peaches add very little uh to the alcohol content but uh uh yeah this beer should come out right around eight percent nice yeah Yeah. so i i don't think we're gonna really remark on the look because like you said it's not finished right it's it's incomplete it does have a nice classic yellow color to it though (laughs) right so yeah. It's on the on the murkier side right. at the moment. The <laughs> but that's all where the the well, cold, saying, the cold conditioning the comes into this. Solids yeah. then kind of drop down, right. and once when it's carbonated, it's gonna separate everything so lighten up yeah. but i think it still looks delicious hopefully we'll be we've got you know less than two weeks now until fresh fest uh but hopefully enough time to let it let it settle out and mm-hmm. uh you know when, when you when you get that nice pour in your glass on august oh, 10th man. uh that should be a beautiful looking beer and, and uh a taste that's going to complement it as well so just for for my own own curiosity what it might do is i already have a before picture Mm-hmm. So at Fresh Fest might have to take an after picture. Yeah, there you just go. To see, just, yeah. just to see, you know, what that process does to a, a, to a beer like this. Yeah. yeah. Hot Nation exclusive. <laughs> Two <laughs> pictures. Exclusive. More lasers. <laughs> 2.0. So I'll say it does have, like, definitely those classic Belgian esters on it, but you really get a lot of the peach flavor. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's a good, yeah. it's it's a good smell. <laughs> it's yeah. not hiding out. No, the peaches are right there, right there on the nose. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah, it's not. Yeah. It's got that wow. little bit of malt sweetness, but it's not, it's not cloying. It's not... Uh, you know, it doesn't taste like candy. Mm-mm. No, and it certainly isn't. Uh, you know, just you know that that kind of it doesn't have that thing that makes your teeth hurt. You right. know, kind of flavor. You know, right. it's, uh, uh, it's but it does have a nice little uh, nice clean finish. Yeah, and that's how I get my fruits. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. If you're looking for like a decadent dipper <laughs> in their peach pastry, whatever nonsense, <laughs> this isn't it. <laughs> this is much more classic. Like Paul was saying, it, it was brewed as a traditional style Belgian triple, but it has like a new modern twist to it with all the peaches added on. It's like very refreshing. Mm-hmm. I like it. Yeah, definitely refreshing. That I can totally agree with. It's It's got that nice refreshing back end of peaches that really come through. And then like the aroma is really good as well. It's good. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. I don't know how this could be a nice. This would be a nice end of the summer kind of beer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It absolutely. Yeah, yeah it absolutely yeah. is. <laughs> end of summer, end of night, end, oh, of, <laughs> end of days. <laughs> it's a way to cap it off. No, end of days beers has got to be a stout. <laughs> <laughs> Barrel aged with rye. Right, barrel aged, smoked. It's oh. got marshmallow in it. I don't know. <laughs> That's how you just end the world. <laughs> But that is good, man. I could definitely imagine. So August tenth at Fresh Fest. Yes. The sun's beating down. The clouds part. You're getting a little hot. You walk over to Enix Brewing. You try that that uh, peaches, and it, it it's just gonna refresh everything. I hope so. I definitely. Yeah. Dude, I'm. I'll walk right over. Yeah. That'll be my first beer. 
Will it? I make a lot of mistakes. Will it? <laughs> will it, Dennis? It depends. Or will I'm... it be the table that's set up right next to you? That is what I'm saying. <laughs> Steve was with me last year, and that's what happened. <laughs> Nothing against you, Paul. It's just I know how he operates, right. and he's just going to look at who's next to him and then oh, go, that one. <laughs> my wife yells at me a lot about setting stuff up, and I get hot and sweaty, and I just need a beer. <laughs> it's for the greater good. It's for the greater good. <laughs> Top five for sure. I would definitely make it over there. <laughs> All right. Well, while we wait for Fresh Fest to come along, you know, if you're listening on a Friday, you've got eight days to wait. In that time, we're just going to play a quiz. Yes. I've got six questions with a seventh to determine the winner. All right. We're going to go around the table, round table style. Uh, it's multiple choice. Yes. If you can guess it, I'll give you a point. If you miss it, it'll go to the next guy, and they can take a stab at it, and it'll keep going until you get through all three. Because <laughs> at that point, it's a 50-50 chance. <laughs> <laughs> and at the end, I do have a final seventh question to decide everything. So, who well, You would don't like... have the answers on there, right, Steve? Because I feel like I can kind of... You can't read my handwriting. It's like the chicken scratch of That's a serial killer. <laughs> it's <laughs> it's already coded. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. I'm not worried about anybody reading my writing. So who would like to go first? Else we can either start with Dennis or we can start with Paul. <laughs> Sorry, Adam. Well, no matter what, you're second. <laughs> He's in the middle. It goes around from one side of the table well, to the other. House <laughs> rules. Go ahead, Paul. All right. All right, Paul. Simple one, and just keep in mind everything's going to be beer and bowling themed because there's the bowling alley upstairs. Check it out. Uh, but your question, Paul, is what is a kegler? Sorry, what was that? What is a kegler? A kegler. A kegler. I know the answer to this. A kegler is a... If you can get it without the multiple choice, I'll oh. give you two points. We researched a lot of like bowling terms to come up with beer names, and that was the only one that actually seemed like it might work. <laughs> um, my gosh! Um, oh, uh, I, I, might, I guess I'm going to need the, the multiple choices though, because it's going <laughs> it's going to come out though. All right. So, is it a one who carries kegs, b one who makes kegs, c one who juggles kegs, or d a bowler? It's a bowler. I go. believe it's a German. <laughs> I believe it's a German bowler, to be specific. Uh, you are correct. Yeah. Yes, Kegler. A, Kegler is German for bowler. That yeah. sounds like a point and a half. Yeah. Well, I mean, he already knew. Yeah. <laughs> he, he knew it was a bowling term. Yeah. He's getting a point. <laughs> well, yeah, we're, it's a point and a half, but we're going to round down. <laughs> That's not how rounding down works, Adam. What? Quit rooting for the other team. You're on your own team. <laughs> Maybe I just want to make sure everybody has a good time. Oh, well, that's true. You do do that. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> do do. <laughs> well, he likes making sure people have a good time. Yeah. All right, Adam. Are you ready for your question? Oh, sure. If Garrett Oliver decides to come over to Enix after Fresh Fest mm -hmm. and he wants to bowl a strike for his brewery's namesake, Brooklyn. I, let me finish the question. Mm -hmm. He decides to bowl a strike for his brewery's namesake. What pocket would he hit? Oh, what pocket? It would be on the opposite. Uh, mm, okay, give I me the multiple choices. choice. Give me the multiple choice. You can choice. work through it if you I, want. I know what it is, but I don't okay. know what your answer is, and I yeah. don't want to get that wrong. Yeah, stop jumping the gun. It's Steve's world. <laughs> Steve's world. Would he hit the one-two pocket, the one-three pocket, the six-ten pocket, or hit it head-on? 
It's not head on. It's not the 610. It's going to be the one. Well, that depends. I know it depends. Is he left-handed or right-handed? I know. I don't know if he's left-handed or right-handed. That's what makes the question hard, asshole. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> and thanks for giving Dennis the out of the other two answers are wrong. <laughs> I'll say one. I'll say the one-two pocket. And somehow, magically, Adam comes through with the correct answer. <laughs> That's what he does, man. That's Garrett awesome. Oliver is right-handed from everything that I've watched. <laughs> What that's, are some, you, that's some what deep are you research. <laughs> I like oh, watching Garrett Oliver videos. Right. He has he's a he's a really I don't he's got that velvety voice. That's that true. You just want to hear people talk about beer, like Paul. Like mm -hmm. yeah, no, it, I get it. I, he's knowledgeable and he's nice to listen to, <laughs> <laughs> and apparently a righty. Yes. <laughs> All right, Dennis, your question. Are you ready? Yeah, let's do it. Say Woody Harrelson comes to Pittsburgh and wants to drink a beer. Sharing the name of his popular 1996 film, Kingpin, what soon-to-open brewery would he visit? Give me them choices. Platform, Sly Fox, Brewdog, or CoStar? Platform. That is incorrect. I suspect it was incorrect. <laughs> Paul, to you. I have no idea. I've seen this movie. Yes. Who brews a Kingpin beer... Uh, I'm going to guess Brewdog. <laughs> Brewdog is the correct answer. Brewdog brews a beer called Kingpin, and it is a German mm. pilsner. Oh, very nice. <laughs> I didn't know if it was a movie connection with a beer. Like, well, yes. Yeah, yeah. No, I get it now. Yeah. But before, I was like, there's so many options. <laughs> co-star, you had a co-star. I don't, I don't think co-star makes a money train beer. <laughs> don't know they that, might. sir. They might. They might. They might. They might. <laughs> that one might be for free. <laughs> All right, Dominic, so. take that one to heart, man. <laughs> Brew it. <laughs> so after one round around the table, Paul has two points. Adam has one point. Dennis has no points. It's not Bagel. physics related. I'm screwed. <laughs> <laughs> Paul, your next question. What is not a brewery near a filming location in the movie Kingpin? And I'll give you the choices because that's really hard to guess. Right. <laughs> being that I have a specific brewery from... A specific place. He looked like he wanted to guess, though. Yeah. Paul, you're in the lead. You can <laughs> guess. Like, it's been a while since I've seen the movie. I know it's it's it ends in Vegas, I believe. But well, I'll, I'll give your choices: uh, A. The Brewer's Cabinet, B. Brooklyn, C. Witchcraft, or D. Stick City. That was not next to a filming location. Not yeah, not near a filming location. Basically within the city of you know, hmm. yeah. Well, I would I guess my 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 guess would be Brooklyn because I thought they were out on the west coast. And Paul gets another point. Brooklyn is the correct answer. Oh yeah. God, my pop culture geography <laughs> is so terrible. I gotta say I gotta I gotta know what the where the locations of the other breweries were what what the connection is. Yeah. So okay. So the Brewers Cabinet. We talked about them before. Mm -hmm. uh, they have like the really extreme experimental beer fest, and they're out of Reno, Nevada, ah, which yes. is where the film concludes. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, Witchcraft. That's the harder one because that is in Webster, New York, and that's just the place listed on IMDb. Oh, okay. Who knows what they did there? They might have got some pickup shots or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, Stick City is obviously in Mars, PA, and uh, most of the film was filmed here in Pittsburgh and right. oh, surrounding areas. Mm -hmm. Uh, it was partially filmed in Rochester, PA. Damn it, Paul. 
home to JR's Beer Warehouse. Oh, that's so that's, shout out to JR's. That, that's kind of cool. So yeah. g- given the air, I would have guessed the bird was probably filmed in Montreal. <laughs> All right. So Paul has three points. Adam, it's your time. Let's shine. Make, let's make it happen. Yes. Known bowler Jeff Lebowski wants to switch it up from his usual. What beer would he most enjoy? And here come your choices. Yes. The Dude's Rug by Bean Nectar Meadery. The California IPA by The Dude's Brewing Company. His Royal Dudeness by Full Pint. Or Devon by Omnipolo. <laughs> well, I know it's not the IPA. Okay. That's an easy one. Okay. Because obviously he's going to enjoy his White Russians. Mm-hmm. The problem is, which one of the remaining ones would be close to a white Russian? Mm-hmm. Can I get the remaining three choices again? I guess, if you're just giving these things up to the other players, but yes. Uh, That's fine. I'm just the, making sure everybody has a good time. I'm next. <laughs> He's not worried. Yeah. <laughs> the Dude's Rug by Bean Nectar Meadery. Mm-hmm. His Royal Dudeness by Full Pint. Mm-hmm. And Devin by Omnipolo. I got to keep it local. You're going to go with His Royal Dudeness by Full Pint? Yeah. There you go. That's the only white Russian <laughs> on the list. You See? did it, Adam. I didn't have to worry about you stealing that, Dennis. <laughs> you never do. <laughs> uh, Devin by Omnipolo, I believe, is a logger, and that is not even based off. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know where that entered into it at all. It's just because it was brewed for their friend, Devin the Dude. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. And the Dude's Rug is by a meadery. Right. So it's actually not beer. So you could have done the elimination that way, mm-hmm. assuming you've never had his I was only half paying attention, so, you know. <laughs> That's fine. Well, I have no hope. I'm only, only good at physics and medieval medicine. <laughs> okay, well, sorry about this next question. <laughs> the final of the six questions goes like this. Ten Pin Brewing, mm. out of Moses Lake, Washington, has a number of bowling-themed beers. Oh, which of the following is not a bowling term out of beers that they actually brew? A, the Greek church Goza. B, the old bagger barley wine. <laughs> C, the sandbagger Saison. Or D, the totem IPA. What the? Pick a good one. So I'm picking which one basically isn't a bowling term, right? Mm-hmm. A. Greek church Goza. That's what, what the hell does that mean? That's like something from a 1973 porn film. Wait. The Greek church? <laughs> okay, is, well, the Greek church is actually a bowling term. I didn't it refers finish, to Steve. a specific. I was going to change it. You said A. You, t- I, I, you, you locked did it lock in. it in. <laughs> <laughs> Just because Adam said wait doesn't mean that you get to change it. <laughs> I thought it applied to us all. <laughs> Now, the Greek church actually refers to a specific kind of split when you leave a, a, a number of pins up. My wife would know this. She was a Maybe. bowler in high school. Maybe. On to Paul. Oof. Do you need the remaining choices reread? I would like to have them reread. The Old Bagger Barley Wine, the Sandbagger Saison, or the Totem IPA? Is this I, feel like, I feel like there's at least one of those I definitely have heard as a bowling term. I'm going to go with the Old Bagger Barley Wine. As not a as not a bowling term, and unfortunately, that is a bowling term. Right. So Ooh. you lose a point. Bagger refers to somebody who puts consecutive strikes together. Uh, basically, anytime you get four or more strikes, you, you're hitting a four bagger, a five bagger, and so on. Hmm. hmm. Huh. Yes. Thought it was just an old man working at a grocery store. 
<laughs> All right, Adam, on to you. You have a 50-50 shot to tie with Paul. So it's either the sandbagger or the totem pole. Yes. <laughs> just the way you said it. It was just good. All right. See, I can, I, I can justify how a totem pole would be a thing, mm-hmm. and I can see how mm. a sandbagger could be a thing. Mm-hmm. That's why these so questions it's a, aren't it's easy. It's a good question. Yeah, <laughs> it is a good question. Um, I've heard somebody be called a sandbagger at a bowling alley, so i got to go with totem pole. Okay. And to tie it up with Paul. Really? <laughs> Adam gets a point. Yes, totem doesn't mean anything. They just call it. They yeah, just have I a totem. I can picture a totem being just in a row, like a stoplight. Right. It, right. It, could yeah. easily, it could easily be you know, the one, the five. You've outdone yeah. yourself this, right. this show, Good. Steve. Mm-hmm. Well, it's not over because obviously we do have a tie and I have a final question. It's over for me. Uh, probably, yes. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, sandbagger, though, just mm-hmm. to go back to what that is, a sandbagger is somebody who purposely keeps their average low so their handicap adds oh, more. Damn. Right. Yes. That's sneaky, Pete. That's a, that's a <laughs> lot of effort to put in the bowling. <laughs> effort. Yes. <laughs> so uh, we have one final question. Um, Dennis, you have zero points. So you can wager infinite points. Well, it's not it's, it's not a wager question per se. Oh, well, then I'm it's, out. It, I'm, I'm just, just go get another beer. How about, how about I just say it's four points? There you go. All right, that'll work. Although I did appreciate that was a very nice way of just saying that Dennis was pointless. Yes. (laughs) I'll I'll just say... it's factually accurate. (laughs) It's true. So, we've been talking bowling, we've been talking beer. I want you to take the number of strikes that that are required for a perfect 300 game Mm -hmm. and add it to the IBUs in a Fulton 300 beer. Oh, man. You can go over, but closest is the winner. I have my number. I'm going to let Dennis go first because he's behind. I have no idea how many IBUs are in a Fulton 300. Well, you should because it's an amazing beer. (laughs) (laughs) I still haven't had it, Steve. (laughs) Vintage Estates. Check it out, yo. Oh, man. Um, 97. Steve loves it. I mean, it's a little hoppy. Yeah. Okay. Adam? I'm going to say 112. All right. 112. I actually did not plan to do it this way, but... uh, I'm going to say 113. Ooh. Ooh. So the correct answer is there are 12 strikes in a perfect 300 game, and there are 74 oh. IBUs huh. in a Fulton 300. So what does that mean, ladies totally and gentlemen? Totally for a grand total of 86, Dennis is closest by off by 11. <laughs> <laughs> and that's where science comes in. <laughs> you sandbagging son of a bitch. <laughs> That's a good use. <laughs> I definitely kept my average low. Yes, definitely. <laughs> so I could be handicapped. <laughs> definitely a good use. Uh, you know, you come out with one ahead of everybody else rather than somebody getting seven points. <laughs> you sandbag the league. <laughs> you sandbagging son of a bitch. <laughs> Unfortunately, Paul, I'm sorry. We uh, have no, we have no prize for you. Because I you just, didn't win. I just have an unlimited, never-ending <laughs> amount of beer to console myself and, with. I know. Quinn, good thing you brought that up, because that is the first place, <laughs> place winner. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so that was the game. Everybody did a good job. Those were good Everybody questions. had fun. Yeah, <laughs> it was fun. Yes, welcome I to think, the, welcome I think to I learned the more about bowling today than <laughs> the last year. <laughs> I used to bowl in a league. I have certain knowledge. But... 
the PBA website also has knowledge as well. <laughs> Bottom line, if if somebody is beating you, just call him a sandbagging son of a bitch. All will be good. I feel like that take, can fit in any walk of life. <laughs> <laughs> you can yell that out the window if someone, cut, someone cuts you off in traffic. You sandbagging son of a bitch. Like, what? <laughs> so, coming back you. to... The uh, what was the official name on this uh, peaches triple? It will be called, we will be calling it Dreams Depeche. Dreams, Dreams Depeche. Depeche. Dreams, Dreams of Peaches. Depeche. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, coming back to this, I am thoroughly enjoying it. As am I. Yeah. Yeah. I'm looking forward to uh, seeing this as a final product. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Even though it's a even though it's a whip, I still want to uh, obviously get it when it's finished. Mm-hmm. I want to see the nice clear colors, and I want to you know have a little bit of that carbonation in there. Yes. Uh, otherwise, you know, it's flavorful, it's big, it, ha- it has all the, you know, fruity esters that you expect out of a Belgian anyway. So, I mean, it's well on its way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a good beer. It's yes. already a good beer. Yeah. yeah. But it's going to be, be a, a really beer. solid beer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I definitely love it. I'm upset it's gone. Now it's only a thing of dreams. <laughs> no. Oh. That's Boy, why I'm going to make a great father. <laughs> That's why you got to give Dennis time. He'll work that out. <laughs> so, Dennis, you have so much to say. Why don't you uh, start with the podium? This one's tough, Steve. Traditionally, yeah. yes. you know, it's so easy for us to rank them. But I've actually thoroughly enjoyed every single beer that we had here. Um, so if I had to rank them, going in third place in the bronze category... Oh, God. This is tough. I would say the Kolsch. And it breaks my heart to do it because I love Kolsch's and I love that beer. It was a very well done beer. I really enjoyed it. Um, in, in silver, I'm going to give it to, oh, this, again, it's hard. Um, I'm going to give it to Dreams the Pesh. It was a very good Belgian forward beer with uh, a lot of peaches on the nose, peaches on the back end, really carried it through. I enjoyed it. But that red IPA, what was it, the Mad IPA? Mad Red. Mad Red. Yeah. Definitely really enjoyed that. The, the caramel, toasted caramel notes up front, carried through by that old school taste of um, an IPA that gave me, it was just nostalgic. I think that beer just connected with me more on an emotional level. Maybe I actually liked the Kolsch more, but that uh, Mad Red played mind games with me, so that's going to slide into the gold right category for me. I'm pretty much just going to echo what Dennis said. It's, it's the same for me. Um, I will note that, like, Kolsch isn't my favorite style, so that's kind of why it was easier for me to put these other beers above it. But this is probably my favorite Kolsch I've ever had. Like, I I, I, I swear, I, I've been drinking shit Kolsch this entire time. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what happened. Uh, but, yeah, otherwise, you know, everything kind of the same as Dennis and, you know, a special note for the Mad Red IPA in gold is, you know, it's it, it is that throwback style that I've been beating a drum for. So, yeah, that's my deal, Adam. Right on. So I will not be agreeing with you too. <laughs> yeah, what a shocker! <laughs> <laughs> and I am actually going to be putting the Mad Red IPA in the bronze medal position, not because it's a bad beer, uh, simply because I thought that the other two were just a little bit better. Uh, they're. The Mad Red was a good beer. I like what it what it's about. Uh, like I said, it kind of had that that spiced taste to it. 
it also has that hoppiness, but it also brings that malt. Like we talked about, it has that balance. It is a well-balanced beer, and that's what I like about it. Unfortunately for it, uh, the uh, the other two beers, like I said, just a little bit better to my personal taste. Uh, and that's where things get a little more mm, interesting. Interesting, because I, I'm not sure where to put this Belgian triple, because it's not done yet. Uh, and and the Kolsch is done. The Kolsch is a final product. So it's a little bit interesting trying to, to compare a finished product with a non-finished product. However, with that being said, uh, I think I'm going to put the gold in a very, or put the Kolsch in a very, very strong second. Uh, it's a great beer. That is the type of beer that you can bring to almost, you know, any, you know, any occasion. It'll be accepted. Anybody will drink it. Anybody who even thinks about beer won't like that beer but i have to put that belgian triple that peaches belgian triple in the gold medal position simply because i think when it's done i think it's going to be better i think it's going to be a hit i think fresh fest is is going to really enjoy it i don't think you're going to be coming back with anything left in the kegs when you're done at the end of the <laughs> night i i like where that beer is going and i i think it's going to be good and due to speculation I think that's going in the gold medal position. Yeah. Adam's playing the start stock market. <laughs> he's, he's going real bull over here, isn't he? <laughs> Bullish on the peaches. <laughs> Bullish on the peaches. Great projection, Adam. <laughs> Thank you. All right, Paul. Well, now is our favorite time. Anytime we go on location to a brewery, we love to take the brewer and put them on the spot and make them rank their babies. <laughs> which child do you love more? <laughs> oh. So of the three beers that we had tonight, which would you put in bronze, silver, and gold? Hmm. I'm probably going to have to agree with, with, with you all, too, because I think, I think you know, I can kind of start from the top and kind of work the way down. Uh, I, I think Mad Red is just is just an excellent beer. I think Mad Red to me is, like I said, it's it's the it's the style of beer that made me really appreciate craft beer in general, and I think Mad Red exemplifies that uh, perfectly. Uh, I think the Triple is going to be. Uh, just one of these beers that uh, we're get, we're going to be so happy when it's around, and we're going to be so sad when it's gone. Right? <laughs> yeah. uh, and I'm not sure if this is a beer we'll replicate as often as other beers. Uh, the Kolsch is a solid beer, and uh, th- and the bronze medal is a solid uh, place to be. Uh, yeah, not to not to discount the beer in any way, shape, or form, but just uh, if I have to sit here and, and actually rank them, I'm going to have to say Mad Red is, is definitely my favorite, and then the triple after that, and, and Kolsch below. Hmm. Right on. That that was actually pretty painless for Paul. Like yeah, we, yeah, we, we, yeah. we get some real hemming and hawing sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, with that said, why don't you just continue on? Tell us everything uh, uh, that where you can find NX, you know, online, like social media, uh, special events coming up. You know, obviously Fresh Fest on August tenth. But you know, where else can we find NX? Uh, we are at nx.beer. Uh, we have we have gone past the words of .com. This is 2019. It's the future. Uh, so you just go straight to the source. And nx.beer is gonna is, that's our main website. So our, our calendar of events, our menu, everything you're gonna you're gonna need to know is is directly there. Uh, Facebook, is, of course, is our uh, most updated source. So. Um, you know, day by day, we'll we'll post about uh, food specials, drink specials, uh, anything that's that's happening immediately. Uh, certainly, Instagram as well. Um, 
we are on uh, 337 8th Street on uh, in Homestead. So you come across the Gray's Bridge, you take a left, and we're right next to the Dollar General. Uh, there is parking lots in front, behind, to the side, uh, <laughs> free on the weekends, free after 4 o'clock. Uh, we have a happy hour that goes on. Uh, on weekdays, you can basically get uh, discounted pints, discounted uh, flatbreads. Uh, you can sit outside on the patio. Uh, after 4 o'clock, there is no direct sunlight on the patio. Uh, it's a nice, comfortable place to hang out and uh, hmm. a good place to bring your dog and, and have some beers. Uh, on the patio. On the patio. Yeah, but, yeah. yes, definitely check out our, our calendar event, our, our, our uh, calendar of musical events. Uh, the bowling alley is open predominantly on weekends right now. Uh, we are still looking for someone who wants to uh, manage the bowling alley. Uh, trying to find uh, someone who wants to come out and, 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 and turn that place into its own little uh, uh uh, bar onto itself and uh you get to you get to you get to work in a bowling alley i mean it's it's it seems like it sounds like the coolest job in the world to all of us we just want to find find the right person who wants to who wants to really take that on uh and then the bowling alley can become a much bigger uh, part of our our daily lives here uh, but we have food event we're open wednesday through sunday uh, we do brunch on saturdays and sundays uh, but there's always stuff going on here so uh, check out the website, check out Facebook, and you can see everything that's going on on, on any given week. And get the charcuterie board. And get the charcuterie board. <laughs> All right. Dennis? Yeah. So as you guys know, you can find us first at brewbox.com. All of our social media handles. Get us on the Twitters, the Pinterest, the Instagrams, the YouTubes, the Facebooks. Um, first at Brewbox. Our next event is going to be... The day after you hear this, because you should be listening to this on Friday, Damn as right. you should, so that very next day, Saturday, you'll catch us at North Country Brewing up around the Slippery Rock area for their um, beer fest, the little mini beer fest, the 13th annual beer fest that they've put on out there. So we were invited to come down. We're going to hang out with our buddy Meg um, out there. So go on down, check us out there, and then obviously Fresh Fest, which Steve will be with me at Fresh Fest. Yes. I'll okay. be helping. I'll think, be around. I think that was me also asking because I didn't know. Right. I've told you three fucking mm, times that yeah. I will come and help you at Fresh Fest. Now you know how my wife feels. <laughs> 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 I forget a lot of things. <laughs> I've told you three times. I'm going to be there because then I get to run and get beer for your wife, which That's means I get to get beer for me. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody wins. And Everybody you keep wins. her company as I'm gone. <laughs> as Dennis wanders around and schmoozes and... Sells his wares. It's business to my <laughs> goods and wares. His businesses. Uh, but yes, uh, yeah, I'll be at Fresh Fest. And uh, in the meantime, though, if you want to find us on social media, all you have to do is search Hop Nation USA, and that'll get you Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And if you want to listen to brand new episodes of Hop Nation USA podcast every Friday, as you should, then search Hop Nation USA on your favorite podcatcher like Stitcher, Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts laughable player fm and everything else because i think we're on everything else if i'm missing something please tell me <laughs> i'll put it on there <laughs> uh but if you're on any of those platforms leave us a five-star review because we are a six-star show but they only let us use five that's a shame yeah and that's a bigger crime than Paul not locking us in here for the evening so we can just drink everything. <laughs> Night's not over yet, Steve. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I, I just want to thank Paul once again and everybody here at NX Brewing who's allowed us to come in and, you know, sample your wares, try your beer, talk about Fresh Fest with you, learn kind of the history, learn your history and all that. Yeah, thank you so much time. for coming. Yeah. yeah, happy to be here. Thank you. And we will be back. Excellent. Yes. All right.
See you, sure. bugaboos. Bye-bye. See you next week. <laughs>